back folks to your metals money and markets weekly for the week ended april 21st 2023 chris temple from nationalinvestor.com and with the mercenary geologist mickey fulp and mickey for the broad precious metals complex it was a tale of two cities we had givebacks of recent gains for gold and silver but the platinum and palladium went into overdrive in the other direction yeah, gold dropped 23 bucks on the week, and most of that was in the last couple of days. Uh, closed at 19.82 for better than a percent loss. <coughs> Silver lost 1.3 percent to close just above 25 dollars, 25.02. The sell-offs in gold happened Wednesday and today. We watched it go down most of the day. Um, it wasn't the dollar rising because the dollar wasn't up that much. Uh, it certainly wasn't risk off, which the markets are in, because that's positive for gold. So anything I can say, it was probably overbought, and there was profit taking someplace. Someone was selling. Um, maybe it was some short sellers because uh, they got caught up uh, midweek when gold was twenty twenty. Might even been twenty forty on Tuesday, and platinum and palladium both soared over the week. Platinum was up seven half percent, closed at eleven twenty three. Uh, that's certainly a year to date high. Palladium, uh, after being in the dumps here for about two two and a half months, uh, went above fifteen hundred. It closed at fifteen thirty six up almost 7%. And really, this is is directly due to South Africa's electrical woes, I think, with uh, they're having blackouts about half of every day, and those supply disruptions have uh, put the markets in deficit. Right, I saw that. Um, interestingly, they were the outliers. Uh, we had weakness uh, elsewhere because of... Uh, I think somewhat intensified recession fears. Uh, I, I think the, all of the economic news is still a Rorschach test. If you want to find good news, you can find it. You want to find bad news, there's a bit more of that these days. But that result of that was that the two key uh, metrics that we follow, copper and crude oil, gave back some recent gains. Yep, copper was down a dime, 2.5% loss on the week. Uh, not only that, but the cash to threes. The most traded futures uh, market uh, was basically flat, and I think that reflects what you just talked about: market fears of uh, China lockdowns coming again, and they certainly are affecting demand and recession fears. And then crude oil, we'd had a hell of a run in crude oil. I mean, we were in the mid 60s a month and a half ago, went well above 80, and backed off of that. Yeah, I backed off pretty good. I had a nice uh, rally today, though. Closed at 77.77. That's still down 6% on the week. And it's really this uh, market uneasiness, recession fears, demand fears. Uh, let's go through the numbers in oil. Rigs were up 5 after being down uh, significantly year to day. Production flat at 12.3 million barrels a day. Inventories are down again, uh, 3.5 million barrels this week, um, solidly in the mid-range of the five-year uh, 
high and low. So inventories have come back down, which they needed to do. Imports basically flat and normal at 6.3 million barrels a day. Refineries were up a quarter million barrels a day to 15.8, and they actually, for first time in a long time, are, are higher than they were a year, year over year. And then we need to talk about gasoline prices. Hit 366 on average in the U.S. this week, and that is the high since mid-November. Uh, shale oil parameters include uh, the frac spread uh, units. Uh, there are 20 now being built, and those will be added, so that's good for the uh, uh, shale oil producers. Uh, here's what's not so good about shale oil production right now. Frac sand prices have more than tripled since this time last year. They're soaring. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, it makes you wonder because it wasn't that long ago, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, when some of these frac sand companies were doing all they could to keep their doors open. Uh, that's quite a turnaround. Yeah, it was a big fire uh, at Select Sands this, this week, so uh, that's going to affect frac sand production too. Wow. Uh, lastly, and before we move on to the monetary uh, metrics that we follow, uranium uh, in relative terms gave us a little bit more action, but still kind of stuck in roughly the same place in the low 50s. Yeah, it's been on the uptick five weeks in a row, but if we delve into that, it's only up $2 in that five weeks. So it closed this week at 51.63. That's up a percent. Uh, while uranium equities continue to sink, uh, they're getting lower and lower and approaching 52-week lows for most uh, uh, advanced explorers, developers, producers in the U.S., and so we'll see where it goes from here, but uh, the uranium equity market is is very weak right now. Yeah, well, I guess they shouldn't be alone. Uh, the, we got a lot of the metals, even if they've had good runs, especially gold. Look at the average gold stock. I mean, it's somewhat apples and oranges, but I, I think it just continues to show what you point out regularly when we talk about the venture exchange that uh, the retail investment has dried up there's just there's not like there's a lot of people selling but there's very few buying uh it seems these days uh, well to add on to that thought uh, uh chile the socio-communist government of chile yep. announced yesterday that they are nationalizing the lithium industry and that will severely affect two U.S. Fortune 500 companies, and that's Albemarle and yep. FMC. Um, so, you know, they tried that before with the copper industry. What was it, uh, 50 plus years ago? It didn't work very well. No. Uh, we'll see where this goes. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we, we're not going to dive deep into this today with the politics and stuff, but, you know, the world over is trying to figure out every way they can to put a finger in Uncle Sam's eye and it may not make any economic sense but that's the low state of affairs for the U.S. prestige in a world under uh, Sleepy Joe and uh, it's, it's, it, 
when all is said and done, it's going to raise the price for lithium and for a lot of things for us. And hopefully it's going to also lead to more of those things being produced here because it is going to be tougher and or more expensive to get them from elsewhere. Well, and I don't know how this is going to affect uh, uh, lithium prices, but I do, do know that lithium prices right now are 18 month low and this uh, is not going to be good. Lithium stocks are getting crushed once again and we've talked about this or I've talked about this for the last <laughs> 13 years. Yeah. Uh, there's no stability in the lithium market and all these juniors with production hopes and and I mean how do you even uh, do a back of the envelope financial analysis of any of any lithium project because you have no idea what the lithium carbonate price is going to be so uh, it's uh, fraught with difficulty it's an oligopoly controlled by five mega companies in the world two of those are Chinese and uh, we can agree to disagree on this because I know you're fond of that space or a couple of at least one company in that space but uh, it's a place that I do not tread yeah, well, it's, it's tough. We, we certainly need a lot of uh, work done in that industry so that all along the food chain, not only for electric vehicles, but for other things, everybody knows where what the landscape is. And you're right that it's all over the place and you can't make long-term plans on that. So anyway, moving on, you alluded to the dollar earlier and I guess all across the board with the currencies and interest rates this week, it was uh, quite a quite a bit less noise than the week before when we had way more volatility. It was kind of ho-hum this week. Yeah, money, forex exchanges, and 10-year treasury were relatively uneventful this week. Uh, the dollar showed some intra-week volatility, but basically closed at 101.73. That's up, uh, what, 17 basis points, 0.2 percent. Euro was basically flat at 109.9. Looney uh, lost what it gained over the last couple of weeks. It closed at 73.87. And aforementioned 10 year Treasury added five basis points to close at 3.57 percent. There just wasn't a lot going on in any of the markets in terms of movement. Uh, uh, in, on the money and uh, equities uh, stages. No, no. And speaking of equities, our theme for this week is the stones hit dead flowers. Why, why is that this week, Mickey? Well, because uh, the market sent us a bunch of dead flowers. Nothing really <laughs> happened this week. So uh, it's a it's a favorite country western tune from the album Sticky Fingers, and uh, the guitar virtuoso who was with the Stones at that time Mick Taylor does a really nice guitar solo on that tune neat so anyway but as you said the, the stock market was uh, I don't know if it was like watching paint dry we did have some volatility along the way and finally you know saw a little bit of red at week's end but very very minor yeah, markets were all up today, but they're down on the week. Uh, just not a lot of interest. Uh, 
markets basically have the blahs, and I think there's some reasons for that. Uh, disinterested, some uh, disappointing earnings, although not drastic. They baked in this quarter percent Fed raise in the next uh, within two weeks. Some mixed economic news: the VIX, the S&P 500 volatility index, is way below average, and uh, interest rates are severely affecting the housing market. I mean, with these high interest rates and and high housing prices. Uh, those markets are in dire straits right now. So let's go through the numbers. Dow Jones, 3309, pardon me, 33809, lost, what is it, uh, 76 points on the week. S&P 500 lost four points to close at 4134. The aforementioned VIX at 16.7, that's significantly below the median and the mean uh, NASDAQ 12.072 lost 18 points on a week so not a lot of movement uh, just kind of vacillating all week not a lot of interest in the markets right now no I, I think it's somewhat like a dog that's been chasing a car and catches the car and doesn't know what to do with it uh, the, the markets have all been levitating for a while thinking the fed wouldn't do much more now as you pointed out everybody knows that another quarter point is coming week after next and so that's got everybody kind of stalled at the top end of uh you look at all of the major trade uh, stock averages they're all at the top end of the range that they've been in for the last few months uh with i i can't imagine what the impetus is that would push them above that but nobody wants to sell either. Kind of a standoff. We'll see how it. I mean, we may not know how it resolves until we get the Fed meeting and see what happened to the Fed's balance sheet and stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately for the venture exchange, its loss was not uh, minuscule this week. It gave back a fair chunk. Yeah, I had a very negative week. Five days in a row on a downtick. Close at six thirteen. Down almost four percent. Volumes remain at historic lows. Uh, we had a couple of days this week, less than 20 million shares traded. And, you know, I'm going to go on record uh, and say this is a broken equities model. And to me, there's no recovery in sight. Uh, <laughs> and I don't see the impetus for what will make these markets recover. A lot of people say, uh, said $2,000 gold. Well, that didn't work. Now some pundits are saying $2,100 gold. Uh, but, you know, the the basic model of these junior equities, I think, is broken. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. That's for sure. And the proof is right there in the numbers that we go through every week and not very many exceptions <laughs> to that, you know, with individual companies. Uh, you alluded to earnings season. It's been a mixed bag so far, though, as you said, less bad with some of the news that's out. But still, it's widely understood we're in an earnings recession now at the very least because uh, we will be down quarter over quarter and year over year. question is how bad it's going to get this coming week. So we'll have more earnings, of course, this week coming up as we get into the thick of things. Anything else you got your eye on, Mickey? Well, lots of stuff coming next week, but I'll uh, elucidate your 
take there a bit and say uh, margins are down, so we expect earnings to not be particularly good. Yeah. It's all about margin. And next week we've got Q1 GDP, we've got PCE, personal consumer expenditures, we've got the all important and watch consumer confidence numbers, we've got durable goods, and we've got uh, existing and pending home sales. So uh, we'll see where those numbers go, but I think really that we're going to be in limbo here until the Fed comes in and what, uh, uh, seven, eight, eight, eight business days. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and does what everybody expects them to do, but it'll probably hinge on whether they think that Powell is bullish or, or hawkish or dovish, I should say, in his Q&A after the rate announcement is made. Well, sure. And uh, mercifully, the, the, the Fed meeting coming up the week after this coming week means we don't need to listen to these people uh, every five minutes this week coming up because they're in their quiet period. So we'll at least be spared <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> last but not least, yeah. what do we have for our poll this weekend well we're going to give equal time to the other side of the aisle this week and that's which rhino bozo would you like to dunk at the dc carnival tank and i'm sure you you would come up with the same list i have we've got graham uh, lindsey graham we've got mitch mcconnell we've got mitt romney and of course uh uh, give us your input on your four choice. Will be other suggestions below. Dang, those are all good. I don't know if I can come up with one right away out of that group. Uh, McConnell might be interesting to see how his neck works in the water with his <laughs> turtle turtle persona. Uh, <laughs> well, I think he can probably swim because he definitely looks like a turtle. Right. Boy, yeah, they're all deserving. That's for sure. All right. Well, thanks, folks, for tuning in today and uh, moving ahead to the next Fed meeting. Uh, we're going to be wondering uh, more and more if it's time to sell in May and go away for those who've chased this equity rally and a whole lot more. So tune in again next Friday, and uh, we'll see what next week's numbers uh, hold for us. Mickey, thanks as always, always for your time, and have a great weekend, all. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at Kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at MercenaryGeologist.com and on Twitter under at MercenaryGeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at NationalInvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at NatInvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.